Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Um, anything happening? Anything interesting going on that we need to, any legitimate reasons to kill time or uh, that, uh, would, that would limit? I could the... check the mailbag. <laughs> live, live check the live, mailbag. Hang live. on, let me check the mailbag. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing in the mailbag. Let me zip it back up. That's disappointing, but that's okay. Um, zip it. Well, I guess that, uh, we start, huh? Yeah, that would be that would be thing. Don't establish a pattern. Just jump into the text. Just jump into the People text. People are expecting something else. People expect okay. some goofiness. All right, so. all right. I've got this mangled copy <laughs> my, of a printout of print the scripture. He's, his Bible is not mangled. We should go ahead and go hold it. <laughs> hold it. All right. Next is process. You go through 32. for us to start. I'm going to spin around twice and settle down in my little doggy bed here. <laughs> it's almost that bad. Always clockwise. Spinning, spinning. <laughs> Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. I am Michael McKeever. And, you know, we really ought to think about live streaming the preparation for this <laughs> or putting the videos on because it's a hoot. Not pretty. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but I uh, hope that you've had a good week. Uh, these are the readings. And you know what? I forgot to make the double check on this. Uh, these are the readings for October 22nd, 2017. Ish ish <laughs> proper 24 so we have uh exodus 33 verses 12 through 23 or it could be for a canadian holiday it is it might you never know sure. i hope this is the right one you throw those in uh psalm 90 um first Nin- Thess- psalm 99 99 excuse no. me psalm 99 uh first thessalonians 1 1 through 10 so we are going to do the greeting to a book now mm-hmm. which you say is the mm. secret to a whole book of paul yeah it's it's very secret here oh <laughs> Oh, secret Paul, is it? And then um, not obvious. Matthew 22, 15 to 22. So we're picking up right after the wedding banquet with a high body count. Yes. And going into yes. the next story. So Yeah. A lot of uh, one after the other. <laughs> a lot going on in that temple. I'm telling you. Well, I hope that you've had a good week. I hope you uh, like us on uh, Facebook and follow us on Twitter and tell your friends, uh, all your pastor friends about us. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, or whoever, however many pastor friends you might have. We get, we get good feedback from pastors. We actually have. Surprising. Which, I know. Who saw that coming? <laughs> but if, <laughs> if you're in a church that uh, mentions it, you might want to look for another church. <laughs> that's, that's true. If the pastor actually brings us up, it could be a warning sign. But <laughs> That's what I used to tell my students. I had pastors who used my videos. I go, you might want to rethink <laughs> your church. Or, <laughs> they are using or saying they're using yeah, my that's video. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's a really mm-hmm. fair point. It's a red flag. So... <laughs> Anything we need to to deal with? No, I've been very boring around here. I've been busy. Yeah, it has cool. been. Unless you want to hear about my my academic life. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I really, I don't know kinda, that anyone wants to hear about it. Kind of like your day job. It pretty much It's very similar. <laughs> we are halfway officially through the semester on a Tuesday, Thursday class that today is halfway. Is that right? Yeah. Officially. Yeah. Oh, officially okay. today. Oh. Monday is halfway for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but today is oh. the halfway point for Tuesday, Not Thursday. Not your counting. I yeah, I kind of noticed, didn't I? Well, I'm coming back from sabbatical. I get that, don't I? Is that fair? You're halfway, um, we're halfway through. You know we're halfway through because you're almost through. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you're done. That's that's a fair point. That's if you're counting. Point. Well, this, you know, the second half of the semester is like rolling down. Oh, that's true. I mean, it just flies. Well, we have a conference. Yeah, it just right. goes really quick. Bastin. So. so speaking of, I'm going to be going to California next week. Ah. So that's exciting. Going back to do a workshop on creation. Oh, it's in, a workshop. In Espanol. Oh. Yeah. If only I spoke Spanish. How do you say creation in Spanish? Creation. Oh. Yeah, look like a native. <laughs> so, 
hey, I was just really proud that I did the notes in Spanish because my audience will do this, but I don't know Spanish. So yes. I know Hebrew and I have a Spanish Bible and I know enough Latin to see what the Spanish Bible did with the Hebrew. And so I can do some of that and a little Google Translate and I put yeah. it all together and uh, send it to my proofreader who responded back. There are a couple of places I put is instead of S where my English was coming. I was doing some Spanglish. Um, and then there was one place where I not only had the English and the Spanish, but I also accidentally used the Latin word for light. I put lux instead of loose. Okay. And, um, he responded, you may have just invented Spanlet English. Well done. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> not a word. So it's, that might be safer. I think it's pretty cool. I so, passed yeah. my French exam for my PhD based on my Spanish, and I don't know Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so. I passed my German because I took classes. So, oh. and I, it was, I don't know. Don't ask me to do German. Now. Yeah. It was even worse than that because it was German for reading knowledge. We never actually spoke it. Yeah, so I had the same class. Yeah. Well, that, I'm sure this joy, yes. tri- joyful trip down language lane for I, us. Yes. Tell us more. No. <laughs> Gosh, can't get enough of that language podcast. So you want to start with Exodus 33 as we jump into the middle of a story in the lectionary, yeah. which is it's going a, to be somewhat confusing. It is confusing. It sounds like an infomercial. Is this, <laughs> an one infomercial? topic will come up. Tell me more about that topic that we just finished talking about. Go for it. All right. 33, 12, right verses, 12 yes. through 23. That's what I'm planning on talking about. So okay. we'll just pretend those Good. are the I'll right read verses. that part then. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, maybe you could do a flow chart of this. <laughs> Show me your ways so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. I think that's completed the circle there. <laughs> Consider, too, that this nation is your people, he said. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest, he said. Now, is this— This, this okay, is the great thing the about Lord. Hebrew. There's okay, no okay. work on your antecedents. But then he said to him, yes. if your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, and I and your people— from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, which he already promised him, for you have found favor in my sight. I see some key words here. <laughs> I will do a word cloud of this passage. <laughs> and I know it looks like a word cloud, it reads like a word cloud. And I know you by name. Moses said, this is helpful. Moses is speaking. Yeah. Show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, see, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. Can't miss it. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away my hand, and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Yes. Oh, when you put it that way. It's a rather elaborate <laughs> game of peekaboo that we are playing. Yeah. Moses. This is something. Uh, yeah. Fix this, would you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there are times when we read the lectionary and I think, well, of course, you have to put this passage in there. That makes perfect right. sense. You have yeah, to put that exactly. passage in there. It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And, and even begrudgingly, I might acknowledge, <laughs> sure, you might need five readings of Psalm 23 yeah. in the course of three yeah. years. I don't know why you picked this one. I, I, this is interesting, especially jumping in the middle like this. Yeah, let's just drop in. Yeah, because 
We were in the neighborhood. God is, you recall when last we left our heroes, um, they had really made God angry yeah. with the golden calf situation. And what verse, what chapter was that? That was 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. And Moses goes down after God has decided not to destroy the people um, and tells the people, what in the world were you thinking? Why'd you do this? Mm. And Aaron said, oh, you know, I just poured the gold and it came out that yeah. way. Yeah. And Moses is like, oh, gosh. And then the Lord sends a plague on the people as a result of the oh, calf right before okay. this. Right. And then he says... Um, Do you make them drink the calf? Uh, yep. Parts of it. Yeah, he grind up some of that mm, stuff. That's good calf. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning of this chapter, God tells the people, just go. Just, just go. Go to the land that I said. Uh, I'll send an angel before mm-hmm. you. Uh, I'll okay. drive them out. Um, but I'm not going. That helps. See, that helps a lot. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is the context. He says, oh. you go ahead yeah. and I'll send a messenger ahead of you to drive it, but I'm not going. I'm not, I'm right. not, I'm just, I'm going to be, I'll stay here. You know, okay. Just... See, cause, cause the like, you haven't told me who you're going to send with is like, who else is here? <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. He's, he's, God's told him I'm not going. And no. now this is significant because we're actually, again, worst road trip ever. <laughs> you know what? I'll stay at the rest area. Yeah. You people go on without me. I've had vaca- uh, family vacations like that. I think we've all had family vacations like this. I, I think we have had the, I'll stay at the hotel. You people can go if you'd like. No, I've had with my brothers, four of whom I, four brothers. I've had one brother the podcast, so go ahead walking the along the side of the car while we're trying to persuade him to get back in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rough vacation. It is very rough. That is a rough vacation. Um, I'm sure that there are those listening now who have had vacations similar to yours. Um, but the people, when they hear this, that God's not going to go, the people are upset. The people's like, oh, no, this is harsh. We can't go yeah. without, we can't go without sure. God. Right. Um, and so Moses goes to the tent of meeting, um, which is where he meets. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why God, we call it that. Face to face. And he, yes, it does say he meets God. God used to speak to him face to face in verse 11. As it were. This is so great because this is in the same chapter that no one sees my face. God sucks to him face to face earlier in the chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Moses comes to God and says, you know, you said to me, bring up this people, yeah. but you haven't said who's going to go with me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm not going by yeah. myself to no, do this. Yeah. And no you'd said you were going to go. So I assumed that you were mm-hmm. appointing yeah. someone and you haven't mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what is context here. Mo- yeah. Moses is is using honor, shame language again, mm-hmm. knowing exactly who... Um, exactly who God is and calling God said, you know, you said that I found favor in your sight. And if I've actually found favor in your sight, mm-hmm. you'll, you know, go, go with us. You know, you'll go, yeah. you'll go with me on this. Yeah. Um, and so God says, you know, all right, you know, I, I what will do what you said. <laughs> what was he going to um, do? You have found favor in my sight. I do, you know, I know you by name and, that's when Moses says, "Well, show me, show me your glory." Yeah, like, what's the connection there? Um, I, I don't know. Favor? I really don't. Yeah, it is a sense of favor. I mean, Moses is Moses is again standing up for the people. He is representing the people back to God, and um, I think trying to drive home that specialness of who Moses is. Now, what's yeah. significant about this to me is when we read Numbers fourteen. And I think in the con, this, that's the other place God was ready to kill everybody. You might recall. <laughs> so we're only in the second book of the two, Old Testament. Two two parts of the trip. The the first one in Exodus is that I'm killing everybody. Um, all right, I won't kill everybody, but I'm not going with you. Okay, fine, I'll go with you. Okay. Um, 
and numbers 14 the people rebel and yeah, god says numbers. god says all right let's go into the land and i'll go with you and we'll take the land and the people say you know what the people are so big we couldn't take it even if you are with us he, oh yeah that's and right. god says all right then i'm not going to be with you and the people say well, let's give it a shot. And they take off and try to attack the land without God in that context, and they get repelled instantly. So it's oh so funny to see the comparison here where it's like, God says, I won't go with you. And they're like, well, there's no way we can do it without God. God, please go with us. Okay, I'll go with you. You know what? Even with you're with us, I'm not going to be able to do it. All right, then I'm not with you. Yeah. Let's give it a shot, let's guys. Let's do it. <laughs> and so they really do come off, well, like the idiots you were talking about in the New Testament. Of, I'm thinking of, you know, do you know Leroy Jenkins? Do I know? do. This okay. is a Leroy Jenkins moment where <laughs> they really all is. yell, Leroy Jenkins, and take off for the promised land and get killed. So, um, Insider. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Um, it's just a pretty bad situation. Knuckleheads. Um, but you do see the specialness of Moses talked about. You do get the line about no one sees God face to face, which obviously we're using in a couple of ways, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. clearly the original editor of this text saw no contradiction with, mm. and in the tent of meeting, God spoke to Moses face to face and God saying, no one seed my face and lived. Yeah. So that's, I, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Okay. I, I think I honestly, <laughs> I just think that clearly they're using that sense of face in a way that, that escapes us mm. uh, in, you know, sort of more broadly. I do love um, what uh, Nicholas Volterstorff does with that passage actually. Um, Nicholas Wolterstorff is a uh, philosopher of religion, um, taught at Yale for a number of years, mm-hmm. Christian, um, and had a adult son who died in a mountain climbing accident right. and uh, journaled about that experience personally. And then one of his friends said, you need to make this journal a book and mm-hmm. uh, published the book Lament for a Son, which is a wonderful, it's a very short book. And um, really, it's one, it's another one of those four books that changed my life. That's, this is, it's the second, I guess, we've mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. Um, it is amazing in the way in which you read that book and see, even though he is specifically grieving for an adult child, how, what a shared experience grief is and, and how in many ways Mm. across the board grief is, and and that it's okay to grieve and that it's okay to, to have those kinds of feelings. And in that book, he reflects on, um, this passage and he, he said, he wonders when you consider the suffering in the world. And as, as God looks on the world, if no one can bear to stay to see uh, the face of God uh, because of mm. the, the anguish on mm. God's face as mm. he looks back at the world wow. not owning its vocation. Yeah. Um, obviously, that goes beyond this passage, mm. but I do love what he does with that passage. Um, just a, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, God does show Moses Timely. great deal of... Yeah, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. God does show Moses favor here, which also, again, I think gets at what's going on in Numbers as well, that... that here is someone yeah. who has seen God. This is someone who's been protected by God, who's had God's glory expressed to him, who God says has found favor in him, and he's too dumb to do exactly what God says in Numbers chapter 20. Hmm. I mean, this is Moses. He should have hmm. done exactly what God said and let God worry about yeah. establishing his authority with the people. So so I think in some ways we're setting up the prelude here okay. to what comes later. All right. Um, we get the right after this, you get the replacement commandments. Um because he broke the first ones. You remember, he comes down and he sees them and he yeah. shatters the right. tablets that were written by God yeah. Yeah. and goes back and says, did you save those? Did you have those backed <laughs> up? Because I'm going to need another copy. Yeah. And uh, then he comes copy. back down and um, they, get, they get the extra copy. And then they go on to build the tabernacle and God decides to go with them, at least at this point. All right. But but yeah, that's what's that's what's at work in here. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's fascinating. It, it's taken up, I'm sure it's taken up in John at the beginning when it talks about... Oh? Let me read the prologue here. The part... Near the end of John's prologue, mm-hmm. which is a, often um, 
engaging scripture. You know, he loves to tell the gospel through echoes of the other scriptures in right. the beginning, you know, this is how right. it starts out. But there's, and Moses is a very prominent image in uh, one of these uh, archetypes that's, that's both kind of helps us understand Jesus, but also is surpassed. Okay. doesn't say anything, you know, negative about Moses, but, right. but everything about Jesus is surpassing. It's even it's, more than Moses. Yeah, it's one of the ways we come to understand the role that Jesus played, the ulti- you know, ultimate fulfillment of some of these these roles that yeah. tremendous, you know, leaders in the past. So let's see. Uh, well, let me just read the last four verses. And the word became flesh okay. and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, ah. full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher risk than I, and he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God at any time, the only begotten God who's in the bosom of the Father, or the intimate presence of the Father. Mm -hmm. He has explained him, or fully exegeted him. Mm. That's really a gripping translation. Fully yeah. exegeted him. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> it's gripping if you've had Greek <laughs> and suffered in ex you know in exegesis classes, in interpretation classes. But it's it is playing with the um, you know a lot of the patriarchs, um, their experience as being surpassed or mm-hmm. pointing toward the realization, and it just does it doesn't just play with it here; it plays with it all the way through. And in the tomb, um, John looks in and he sees the. Uh, uh, the burial cloth put one place and the face cloth put somewhere else. So it's oh, talking right. on an image of uh, where is Jesus? Well, he's in the, he's in the presence of God of okay. an unveiled face, you know, and, and, and Paul plays with that imagery as well. These things that uh, this uh, incredible revelation to, to Moses that yeah. is played with by in Christian sources to say, mm-hmm. you know, we behold with unveiled faces in the, in the presence of Christ, this full revelation of God. So it's, it is toying with these, these images. So to be able of, to look upon God without yeah, that. Yeah. That's interesting. Or that, uh, that the, the incarnation brings about that revelation, yeah. that paradox of uh, enfleshment it actually becomes a revelation. So it's a, it's a tangled text. Yeah. But one that's very, it's left its impression upon the New Testament. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that's exactly, a lot of people I know will pick up like 18 to 23, like that little mm-hmm. pericope mm-hmm. of the show me your glory. Yeah. Well, right. yeah. I like it. I mean, people jump, yeah. that part they'll pull right. out, but yeah. in the context yeah. of, you know, reassure me that the whole story. I'm still in here, mm-hmm. you know, that you actually will go with me and, you know, won't it's leave It's an interesting hanging. thing about intercessors, how they... They'll latch onto something and then go, get some more. I'm going to get some more. Yeah. Well, if that's true, you know, like uh, like Abraham interceding for for Sodom, it's like, well, if yeah. there's this many, wouldn't you do it for this many? And yeah. So I do. I think it's reassurance that I do still have that special place, and you still are. You know, mm-hmm. we're still tight, God. Yeah, and we're going to do this. Yeah, it is. It is language. Well, w- what we're talking about here. It, Every time you're talking about theophany in some fashion, you're really pushing language. I mean, how are you? Oh, gonna, without question. How are you going to explain yeah. this? You yeah. Know? In fact, we were just. I'm teaching Ezekiel right now in the prophets class, and Ezekiel's call in one is so dramatic. I mean, you know, dramatic is about an is understatement. Bizarre would not mm-hmm. be too too yeah. strong a word. Right. But one thing that's kind of fun about that is you go back through that that chapter one and look at how many times it says like or appeared, mm-hmm. like or yeah, seemed. yeah, you. you 
yeah. pointed that out to me once. Yeah, that it's you know what looked like what seemed to be what appeared to a be a lot of hedging. What looked like the loins, yeah. what seemed to be the loins, as it were, human form. And then at the very end, it's this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. You know, yeah. Ezekiel doesn't even say, right. I saw God. Mm-hmm. He says, I saw what appeared to be what looked like God's mm-hmm. glory yeah. in a way, kind of. Yeah. Right? Sort <laughs> so of. that sense of theophany, I think you're exactly right, just being beyond expression yeah. at times. And I think also Ezekiel's desire to avoid idolatry and even in his language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the man's about but, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's. That's what I have in this sort of strange passage it to is. have. For it is a, I mean, it's just a strange selection. I'm surprised if it. I'm surprised he didn't grab just eighteen to twenty three in the. I'm surprised we jumped in the middle of yeah. the pericope mm-hmm. in many ways. Uh, which, by the way, I thankfully in grad school heard it said before I said it out loud. Pericope. Pericope. Because uh, I was going to pericope. I was seconds away of pericope, and yeah. someone said, "Well, this pericope," and I went, "Oh, thank goodness." Yeah. Didn't look like pericope is a thought unit, and yeah. but shows up as periscope if. <laughs> students don't change their words. Spell check. That's exactly right. I'm kidding. Yeah, students students, just a students dis- don't use spell check. A discrete story, if you will, just an, a thought mm-hmm. aspect. You know. Yeah. Yes. Maybe more than one thought here. That could be. Could be. Anyway. All right. It's uh, it's quite a text. <laughs> it's an unusual selection for the lectionary. I'll say that. Shall we look at Psalm 99? I'd be happy to look at Psalm All right. Eager. I will read it. <laughs> this will be my first reading. <laughs> I didn't quite get, her, get to this. So I'll be surprised along with everyone else. Sure. The Lord is king. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God, worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord and answered them, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes. Statutes. (laughs) Not statutes. Statutes. (laughs) With a T. That's a... Previous chapter. And the statutes that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Yes. Good. Um, This is one of the the Lord is King Psalms, Yahweh Malach in Hebrew. Basically, Psalm 93 to 99 uh, except 94. Uh, 94 calls him judge, but there's obviously kingship language in the mm-hmm. notion of judge. Mm-hmm. 93 to 99 um, all use this phrase, Yahweh Malak, the Lord is king. The Lord reigns. Um, the Lord, uh, there's a, a Sigmund Movinkel, Psalm scholar, translated it, the Lord has become king. Um, scholars didn't like hmm. that because they felt like it, when, when was Yahweh not king? Mm-hmm. And his point was, well, Christ the Lord is risen today, hallelujah, even though we know Christ the Lord isn't, He's already been okay. risen. So his point was it was a liturgical feature Yeah, um, for the Lord has become king, that this would be sung in liturgical setting and mm-hmm. it would be a proclamation okay. by the people uh. that Yahweh has become king, you know, for us. Um, it's in book four, so it's one of mine. Uh, it is in uh, the context of the post-exile. And I think you see that clearly about him being enthroned on the cherubim because that's, that's a temple reference. That is uh, Holy of Holies... 
uh, reference where God would sit on the chair. This is this is yeah. where is, is that he... a special beam in the temple? <laughs> the, the cherub beam? Yeah. No, no. These are these what, are the, the fat babies. On big, it? No, this is no. I don't know when, and I still want to find out when cherubim <laughs> became naked Ooh, fat babies. Scary. You know, because <laughs> cherubim were scary composite mm. creatures. You know, they were giant royal attendants who would guard the palace and guard the gates to the city. A little husky though, maybe. Sit. sit. <laughs> Sit at the, you know, the, and so God sits on these things on top of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, and mm. and this is, it, it is from these that, um, it is from here that Ezekiel saw God leave in Ezekiel eight. Right. Uh, yeah. His glory left the temple. He was enthroned on the cherubim, mm-hmm. and he yeah. left. Right. Oh, God was in a right. changing neighborhood, and yeah. and so he moved to the Late. suburbs because yeah. it's it's rough. And and so this is a a, a statement of assurance post exile, right? He, ah. is, he is in his temple, if you okay. will. He sits enthroned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the cherubim. Um, and in some ways, I almost want to think of this as kind of apocal um, not apocalyptic, eschatological. Um, yeah. It reminds me of Micah four or Isaiah two, where you have hmm. the Lord. Uh, the, the Mount Zion is the is the center of the world, and all the people uh-huh. stream unto it, and the Lord the uh, law goes forth okay. from it, okay. and and that that Israel finally recognizes its vocation as light to the nations, okay. um, and bringing Yahweh there, and so I think that's the image here, right? The Lord is great in Zion, exalted mm-hmm. over all the people, so yeah. it's a very universal yeah. kind of perspective. Uh, the peoples are are streaming to it. Um, I think it is interesting, Moses, Aaron, and Samuel. That's Those are yeah. three interesting names. Um, and calling Moses and Aaron priests. Um, I mean, they were, but and Moses is from a priestly family. Normally, we think of uh, Moses as prophet. We don't normally think of him as priest. Yeah. But, uh, you know, prophets bring God to the people. Priests bring the people to God. And mm-hmm. there's some um, overlap there. But it's it's interesting that Moses is called that. So you have, um, you have these, these great leaders up to kingship. Yes, these and are if you're pre, emphasizing kingship, kingship. skipping skipping the whole that's mon- true. the whole monarchy thing. Yeah, you're not mentioning the monarchy here. Yeah. Exactly, that's a good good catch. Yeah, yeah. these are all pre-monarchic leaders, mm-hmm. um, uh, Samuel and Moses, um, who are representing a time when God was recognized as king. I mean, that's mm. this is one of the few mentions of Moses in the Psalms. He's mentioned uh, eight times all told. This is one of the Psalms that has his name in it, okay. and. Um, this is a time when, I, as I've said many times, post-exile, we see Israel move away from Davidic kingship and toward Yahweh's kingship. That, that yeah. this notion of Davidic kingship had become sort of idolatrous, mm-hmm. you know, where you could always mm-hmm. count on. And, and when that fell to pieces, people were like, well, where do we turn? And, yeah. and it was the voice that said, you know what, we need to go back to Sinai. We need to go back to Yahweh as king. We need to go back to this idea that was first expressed as soon as you crossed the, the sea. When they came out the other side of the sea... Yahweh reigns. Yeah. The same phrase. Yeah. The exact same phrase at the beginning right. of this is yeah. Yahweh reigns comes in Exodus fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when so, we when we start teaching Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we being the royal the royal the we, royal we once we, again. That's the second week in a row you've invoked the royal we. We, we. start with with kingdom of God and and mm-hmm. and it's like people have tried different metaphors for that and it, it doesn't work. You know, yeah. there's nothing nothing. Quite. I don't know how. I mean, what could you? do? I don't know what you would do. Oh right, gosh, metaphor. there's God's new paradigm, uh, new world order. Oh, okay, a lot yeah, of things that, people that's hate. That's real helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then realize you got to you got to explain with it. Just got to give the backstory. And yeah. uh, but when I do, I just say God's always been king. God was king before they had a human king. He was king while they had you know mm-hmm. good and bad kings, and they were supposed to represent God's kingship. Yeah. And then God was king afterwards, you know. And this was one of those. This is an interesting example where 
you have the before and after, and you're like, yeah, that yeah, kind of an edited history of kingship right. here. Right. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. But we have the, the you know these illusions, the wilderness, pillar of cloud, and Torah, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's an important part of. I mean, that's the whole point of kingship. I mean, actually, God's point in Deuteronomy. When he says you're going to get kings, that king needs Torah read to him every day. Yeah. And he needs, I mean, the king was supposed to be the one who brings Torah. When you mm-hmm. look at some Psalms that were probably inauguration, no, that would be inauguration Psalms, it'd be coronation, coronation. Psalms, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 72, mm-hmm. Psalm 101, they are Psalms that celebrate, uh, look how the king takes care of the poor and the needy and brings justice. And I mean, it's Torah, it's Torah. Okay. And so, yeah, that's a, that's an important point. Um, I do love the sort of shift extol the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. Um, so you're using Sinai slash Horeb imagery, but in yeah. the context now of Zion mm-hmm. in verse two. So we've shifted. Yeah. I just think it's a neat little mm-hmm. linguistic folk. You know, we're, we're turning a little here. Yeah. Right? The new no. holy mountain is no longer yeah. Horeb and Sinai. It's Zion. And I just think that's kind of cool. Well, we, 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 uh, we have a friend who's living in the desert currently. Yes, we do. <laughs> Former colleague who's, He's uh, living in Death Valley this year, yep. and I sent him one of these sources that really helped me, uh, John Levinson, Sinai and Zion, oh. about the, the interesting interaction between Sinai and Zion mm. throughout the whole Old Testament. That is a wonderful book. I'd love to see that. That's yeah, a great I book. haven't seen that. John Levinson does some really interesting things. Yeah. Um, I actually quote him in my dissertation um, when I talk about Leviathan in Job, mm-hmm. excuse me, when I talk about Leviathan in Psalm 104. I always uh, refer to Levinson because uh, he says in Job that Leviathan in Job is a rubber ducky for yeah, the divine. right. And that's you what mentioned that. I say Psalm 104 he has there yeah. too. It's not scary. Mm. Chaos doesn't scare God. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's those are my first thoughts. Lots of Yahweh here. Yeah. Yahweh's king, Yahweh, Yahweh. And, and you know, God told Moses in our passage earlier, I'm going to use my name. I'll give you the name Yahweh. And mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yahweh's king. Yeah, a lot of... Uh... Capital Lord. Yes, a lot of capital Lord here. Yeah. Lord <laughs> yeah. King. Mm-hmm. Yahweh's King. Yahweh's great. Yahweh's right. our God. Well, that's good backstory. So tell us about the significance of 99, the, the meaning behind the, the number there, the, 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 the Bible code part of this. So the Bible court Because I know it God's totally into that stuff. Well, I think if you look carefully, you'll notice if you turn it upside turn down, it, upside it becomes down. 66. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... yeah. Be careful. That'll preach. Be careful. <laughs> In the wrong kind of church. <laughs> <laughs> that is a church. If that happens, you definitely need to seek elsewhere. Yes. Worse than if they're using Mike's videos. Yeah. 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 No, that's it's it's a it's just a beautiful again, I I don't know that and I, I haven't read my work in a while. I don't remember when I said <laughs> I haven't read my work in a while. I was saying something like that when you came in. Yeah. And and I don't remember if in my dissertation I actually said out loud that this text is reminiscent of Micah 4 and Isaiah 2, but today, mm-hmm. as I you know, was preparing, that's all I could think about, right? mm-hmm. where you have this mountain and the peoples are streaming mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and Torah's coming out of it. And I mean, God's giving justice and equity and righteousness. And I just, it's hard for me not to there see that mountains, eschatological picture. There are mountains that symbolize the world yeah. in some fashion. Yeah. And poetically, they, there's like, it, we're, we're well beyond... Literal geographical. Oh gosh, here. yes. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about. Uh, yeah, and and uh, that's that's common in a lot of cultures. Mm-hmm. Somehow, I don't know how, but it, <laughs> it is the significance of a place where heaven meets earth, and mm-hmm. but it has extended symbolism to us. Like that's it's a symbol symbol of God's totality creation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, interesting how it's used. 
Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. You ready for 1 Thessalonians yes, 1? Yes, okay, 1 yes. Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10. Paul, Silvanus, or Silvanus? I call him Silas. Uh, okay, no, let's tight. call him, so you say tomato, That's and I also say tomato, so that yeah. works out. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Normally this is you. You know what? I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in again. <laughs> Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. Mm-hmm. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly, remembering before our God and Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, because three things make for a nice point. Mm-hmm. We know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. Again, with this, you saw what Christians look like when we were there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of that. Wow. Yes. And you became imitators of us. And of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all be- the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never heard anyone say that. Dang. Well, I gave <laughs> it a swing. Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and, you know, the Rumble other place, uh, but, but in every place your faith in God has become known. Wow, that's everywhere. That's... So that we have no need to speak about it. For the people, it's like, you know what? Let's not talk about it. Uh, for, <laughs> the text ends at this point. <laughs> for the people of those regions report about us, what kind of welcome we had among you and how you and how you turn to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from, oh, I get the, I get mm, the, mm-hmm. that's cute. Yeah. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, in case you forgot his name, oh. who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. Yeah. I just, sorry, I just caught, because you- The intro? Yeah, you've haunted me for years on this now, Uh where you see the whole letter in an intro, is what you say. Yeah, and it's more hidden here. But But, still, when you get to verse 10, (laughs) there's his point, isn't it? Yeah, we wait, we're still waiting. Yeah, nicely done. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Well, and then then in um, three, this is a favorite, this this trinity of uh, faith, hope, and love. But he, depending on the context, he changes the order. So in Corinthians, it's- uh, um, Faith, hope, and love, and ends in yeah. love because he's going to talk about love a lot. And so here it's so faith, hope. love, and hope. Hope, yeah, yeah. because it's we're we're waiting. We're still and waiting. Hope is uh, something. The blessed hope of Jesus' return, and we're 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 not there yet, and we're and we're not looking at the calendar, and we're not quitting our jobs and not working, which is what some of these people were doing. Wow. Um, this is thought to be his first letter, right? Um. And uh, as I as I say that, I realize I don't know what the date of that is, but very early. I've heard for to forty nine. Yeah, well, I was going to say in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's as I realize that I go, oh, I wonder how developed his practices are of uh, of uh, giving hints where he's headed in a letter. Mm. Um, this is way longer 
greeting and thanksgiving than you'll find in typical letters. I mean, this is longer Not than... Not typical letters of Paul or typical, typical letters... letters of the day. Of the day. Which are probably shorter than his thanksgiving. Okay? Oh, wow, okay. So he's taking a, something that's very common, like, say, an email, you know, length yeah. or text. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe, maybe the new Twitter will be... You know, 280 characters, 280 characters. Yeah. They're not much longer than that. And he's taking these things. They, they still have these forms, uh, this outline of greeting and, and then the main topic and then uh, maybe summary and, and, and closure and saying when they'll see you next. Mm-hmm. All those elements are typically in Paul's letters, but uh, he's greatly expanded them. And even in a shorter letter, like, like first like Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Yeah. So would Philemon be more, in keeping with first century letters, even uh, even uh, even that's longer. Really, way longer. Yeah, okay. yeah. Most of them are a lot. All of them are much. I mean, all of Paul's letters are much longer than the typical letter. Like if they dig up, you know, uh, uh, a dump in Egypt or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, and there's papyri where they've been preserved. They're they're very short. So wow. Um, he expands things and takes things and transforms them for his own purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't there so. normal normally greetings normally didn't in the letters they offer wishes for health? But yeah. he does yeah, that's, he switches that, doesn't he? That to, would be part early in the, like the prayer and grace and peace for, instead of health. Or their health. And yeah. you'll see something like that. Like uh second and third John. Real okay. probably they're closer to the size and scale and, and that comes up in those those letters. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's really, really expands this. And you do get the sense that he's gonna talk about um, the fact that he gets into it in the second half of the letter, that they're, they seem to be disturbed about, or they misunderstand something about the resurrection and what's going to happen to people who die before that happens. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense that uh, if this is early, and I never, and, and I don't read Paul's letters this way, and I'm, I probably, because I don't, it's not in my cycle of teaching, it's, it's shared differently in our department. But is there a progression in Paul's thought? You know, mm-hmm. the people, presupposition is just read on the face of it as he's, as he's communicating to the Thessalonians, they're talking about it as a, this could happen, you know, it's going to happen in our lifetime yeah, or it could happen in, your, in our lifetime, or this is the way I'm going to talk to the Thessalonians about this because they're yeah. thinking it's going to happen next week. And, mm. uh, and the reality is we, we don't know when it's going to happen, but right. we have to live as though that could happen. I mean, certainly um, that, that really did kind of grip me because I don't, I don't have time to fit this in in a normal survey of New Testament. Yeah. I have so much. You don't even get to Second Corinthians, you know. Right. Um, There's a Second Corinthians? Yeah, evidently. Wow. <laughs> but but to stop and think about that, the real, not the, just the reality of this letter, but the reality that this is a Christian um, norm to think about, you know, everything could be interrupted right. today right. with the return of Christ. I mean, living in that reality, I don't know. I think I was a conscious of that a lot more as a new Christian, certainly than I am now. Well, you know, I also wonder how much uh, life circumstances do that. Well, right? I think when, about when that When you're too. having yeah. levels of persecution from the synagogue across the street or from mm-hmm. local government, I mean... Well, and they were, and this is their suffering. One of the things he's saying, God's chose you because look, you're suffering, just yeah. like I'm suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I left you a model of that, too. It must be, it, it probably is easier to think... The world could end any day when mm-hmm. it feels like the world could end any day. You know? Yeah. So yeah, more so than like oh, I should probably really take advantage of refinancing my house. <laughs> you know. You know, it is interesting. You were sitting here talking about the the question of what I heard you saying was that you know we all talk about well you know Paul thought that Christ was coming back 
within Paul's lifetime? Or is Paul talking to the Thessalonians yeah. Yeah. about this happening in Paul's in their lifetime? Because that's the way they were talking. He about. talks I mean, differently to different churches. In thinking about, you know, I always say in the Old Testament, and, and it's so much easier, I think, to see in the New Testament, but sometimes we still don't see it, that the Bible is occasional literature, mm-hmm. right? Nobody ever yeah. sat down and said, yeah. I've got this great idea for a creation story. You'll love it. Yeah. Or or yeah. sat down and said, you know what? I think I I'm going to write an excursus on on the parousia. Right. Um, no, it's always something motivated yeah. somebody to sit down and tell the story. Mm-hmm. And having that context helps us hear the text better. Yeah. And so, and, and I say that all the time, but even then I forget, I'll, I'll, I'll extrapolate universal principles oh, from yeah. these letters yeah. of Paul. Like, yeah, I mean, these well, are, you know, Paul obviously thought, well, he thought that when talking to them, Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. They, they needed him to say I'm gonna, that. I'm going to figure them out from these little glimpses we have. Right. But, I know, mean, I'm hearing like, one side of a cell phone conversation and I got a pretty good idea what this guy's about. Well, you know how he talks to Thessalonians, you know how he talks to the Corinthians. That doesn't necessarily mean... That's how he talks to Timothy or they're very they're Silas. very occasional, very, very uh timely and and pointed. And 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 even our gospels are that way. Yeah, forget that. Right, right. If you read about the planning of the church in Thessalonians, it's it is very different than you would get the th- you would get the feeling that he's only there a few days and he only spoke to Jews. And that is not the impression you get no. from reading this. He spent some time there, he practiced his trade. The Philippians, those good folks, sent him help while he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have had to leave abruptly, um, and has it might be the occasion that uh, Timothy has come with a good report that he's wondered what's going on. But uh, it is interesting to think about not only occasional but very very focused. You don't necessarily get the whole story, even in something like the Book of Acts, right? You know, right? Because um, even Luke has an agenda in telling that. Oh story, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The Paul, the Paul of. The Paul of Acts is, has, definitely has an agenda, and it doesn't mesh as nicely as people might think with the, the Paul of the letters. And well, I mean, yeah. He's, Paul is fitting into this way you tell, you, the way you relate history, and you do that mm-hmm. often by parallels between individuals, so you know, mm-hmm. here's where history's going. Yeah. Here's the plot, and you see the plot worked out in Paul's life, and Peter, and Jesus, and... Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's fitting, it's... Normal. Well, it's it, anything. You know, you would you would give a different testimony depending on where you were, right? If someone yeah. says, "I need you to yeah. give five minutes on the on your life of faith in church," okay, right. right? Or I need you to give thirty minutes to a group of youth, or a different resume, could, or I need you right, or a exactly. different job. Oh, yeah. So it's not like any of it's untrue, mm-hmm. and that's not. I, I know that's not what you're saying, but no. I, but it, but it's that. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, you have a particular way that you need to tell the story to this people because this right. people are going to hear it this way. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. So, we all do that. Well, of course we do. And of course we do. I mean, I I will talk about. I will talk about Psalms differently in a pulpit than I talk about it in a classroom, and neither of them is untrue. It's right. just a different context calls for a different way that you talk about the message, and there's nothing. Yeah. And so that's what Acts versus yeah. letters, right? That's yeah. what we're looking at here. Yeah. And this seems to be, taking for granted that the vast majority is, are Gentiles. You've turned to God from idols, which yeah. serve a living and true God. Yeah. Whereas you only hear the interaction with the uh, synagogue in uh, Acts, Acts 17, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, little snippets. We don't I do have think it's interesting story. that you know you guys became an example for people so much that yeah. we're hearing stories about what we uh-huh. did while we were there. Right. That's that's how far yeah, that, your fame has that, spread. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that, even in this yeah. little one paragraph. And so, their experience is replicating Paul's experience, who suffered and left them an example, and they're doing the same thing. And he's encouraging them, saying, "This is a good thing. It's not the." It's not as though you're not special or you're not chosen, and 
And uh, this isn't wrath. This yeah. is a sign of being chosen. This is blessed, blessed suffering. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. We're going to spend a few. Um, I think we're going to finish. We're going to look at two and three, and then we're going to jump into four or five. So we're going to spend a few weeks in Thessalonians. Oh, it was just like, I have not, I have not had the leisure to, uh, to teach this. I have uh, colleagues in New Testament for whom this is the way they introduce Paul. That that they okay, start yeah. with Thessalonians Chronology. and then they mm-hmm. yeah then they go to like Romans yeah. and sort of mm-hmm. contrast them. But, so yeah, it's not uncommon to teach. It I that use way. Philemon. That's amazing. <laughs> That's I still am amazed by that. There's so much there. I say, look at you, you can't bite off you can't bite off Romans. Oh, I mean, no. we're going to bite off pieces of Romans, but let's, let's see what Paul can do in a letter. Yeah, and then blow their mind with like, wow, he did a lot. I didn't realize that in that one you know, little letter. I was I was when you were talking about how. Paul expands the whole letter writing genre. I wonder, and then you also tell me that everything's in the greeting. I, I wonder how much of it is. All right, this is if this is your attention span, your normal attention oh, yeah, span. This yeah, is where I'm yeah, going. Yeah. Now I'll develop that. Here's but, the executive you know, summary for. Here's the... your executive summary for the paper. Yeah, you know, that you have here. That this, this is the one page paper that gets. Now, now, if you got time, read the rest. Yeah, <laughs> but this is where I'm going. I wonder how common this is. Like, uh, we don't we don't even have all the. You know, you mentioned a rhetorical. Uh, training book that, the progymnastica right that, i just like to say that, that word that uh you know elementary level right use and we don't know what else is this would this be a common thing to to have kind of a, a micro version of your larger speech at the in, beginning at the beginning yeah, it could be a, a mnemonic device for for remembering what you're going to say orally mm-hmm. to people yeah so it's the outline yeah it's interesting yeah it is fascinating You ready to try to entrap Jesus? Yeah. Oh, cool. Let's, let's, let's trick him. Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him. Good al- luck with that. Along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere. And <laughs> we don't agree with you, but we can tell you care a whole lot about it um and teach the way of god in accordance with truth oh they did agree with him math had a nickel for every time and someone sh- said that to me and showed deference to no one <laughs> for you do not people regard people with partiality mm. tell us then what you think is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not but jesus aware of their malice said why are you putting me to the test you hypocrite show me the coin used for the tax and they brought him a denarius and then he said to them, whose head's on this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor of, of things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. To uh, possessive God, God's. Yeah. Uh, and when they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. <laughs> well, we think it's possessive. There's no punctuation. <laughs> there's, there's, it is. The, yes, it is. The, the, that it's in the temple. <laughs> Probably a safe bet. Yeah. To God. When they heard this, they were amazed. Yeah. And were left and went away. Yeah. That's how I react when I'm amazed. I just, I just leave. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, they dissembled. Going to go. <laughs> just shuffled away. Yeah. I actually read this on day one of New Testament. Yeah. Um, out loud. Wow. <laughs> in wow. Front of people. You don't just stand there reading it quietly to yourself <laughs> to while the students still, stare at still you? Still trying to figure this one out. Man, this is a tough one. This is a tough nut to crack. <laughs> Well, because we usually we start about start talking about diversity in the uh, in the in the New Testament. So this is be- <laughs> this is before the video of the. 
puppets, the video, the four with patches the, and stumpy, the, 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 the violent little mouse that pushes the rabbit off the bridge. Oh, no, that one. I'm sorry, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is about religious diversity, as we know. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, yeah, but we're trying to. It's one of the ways you like. What? Wait a minute. What do we? What do we miss since you close the Old Testament? You know, yeah. Like there's a some stuff has happened. So we yeah, we've had some kinda, things. Kind of lay out the uh, in the intertestamental period. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yes, the intertestamental period. <laughs> Not listening live. I don't know. No reaction. No, I can't. No, our colleague just twitches when that happens. <laughs> so even a cold shiver runs even in class oh. when we say words like that. So we're, you know, the first chapter of our textbook is talking about Sadducees and Pharisees and Essenes and Zealots. Can I, can I ask you, a, I'm going to ask you a question. We have, unpla- this is an unscripted question. Is this a joke about Sadducees? It is not a, it's, no, it's not a joke about Sadducees because <laughs> they didn't believe in resurrection. Yeah. So they were Sadducees. I pause to say, I pause to say, does anyone want to tell a joke at this point? And no one knows that no joke No one knows anymore. the old joke? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, Herodians. Oh. I read an article uh, years ago by uh, an archaeologist, uh, Yegel Yadin, uh, in which he identified Herodians with Essenes. Oh. And said that... That in his mind, that, that and he gave some he gave some evidence that for this well, I would why. need to see that evidence. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it was interesting in that for one, uh, Qumran was unoccupied during the reign of Herod, and it was after an earthquake while Herod okay. was, on, and that okay. um, he felt that in his opinion that the best one of the, one of the explanations among other things. I mean, he yeah. had some other things in the text that he actually used the text to talk about this that. Um, Herod, because he did not find acceptance among Pharisees and Sadducees, uh-huh. went to this outsider group and okay. found favor and found that they liked having the favor of someone. And so that the, the name Herodian and Essene, I'm obviously, I have not read this article in, in So is he saying years. that the... the uh... Because Essenes aren't mentioned in the New Testament. Right. He is suggesting that Herodians are actually Well, is he Essenes. saying they're a separate separatist sect? Are they a separatist sect? That's why they're out in the desert? Yes, yes. But they're here at the temple. They are, yes, okay. at this point. That's the difficult. That's, that's, a, that's that, a difficult. That is a difficult thing yeah. to wrestle. Or, with, or, yes. or in every the reason he can speculate is because it, or if you just tackle it from the text, like are the Herodians, whoever they are, because whoever, whoever no, they might be, there's, not, there's hardly anything said about them. Right, exactly. And people usually say they're probably pro Herod. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like not a bad are you sure? assumption. Are you yeah, sure? Yeah. Well, hmm. the bumper stickers on the back of their car. <laughs> All those, yeah. those, you know. Don't blame me. I voted for Herod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which Herod though? That's the question well, I want to know. Yeah. There's four guys, and they're all called Herod in the Bible. Yeah, um, yeah but they no, got it, that covered because it's plural Herodians. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> good, the, the plural ones. I, I've always, when I read it, I, now obviously I didn't know then when I read it what I know now, and so if I reread it, I went, well, okay, that's weak. But um, <laughs> maybe it, it, it's always been interesting, particularly because there was the two things: no Essenes in the New Testament, and no understanding of uh, who Herodians yeah. are. Those two things. Those let's take. Things. Let's take two things we know nothing about and right, join and them. Say they're the same thing. <laughs> there's exactly. Of, there's both. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I could join them, and I have no basis. I have less basis uh, none, than to none, go on the anything whatsoever. So like, he yeah. does have a little yeah. bit in there that, and as I recall, one of his arguments had something to do with the feeding of the four thousand. Actually, see that one, you would be amazed, and then you go, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, come back here, wait, hold on, <laughs> Jesus, they were amazed and they were stayed amazed. Okay, <laughs> so. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I I just I just thought that was an. Int- I've always thought, huh? I wonder if that's the case. Huh? And then I've never tracked it down or <laughs> got anywhere because I'm an Old Testament guy. I don't have to answer these things. There's so, no way of knowing. Okay. No way of knowing. Well, then I yeah. think that we need to make a career out of that. Yeah. So it must so, be true. Yeah. So we got to take a firm doctrinal stand. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a yeah. firm doctrinal stand since there's yeah. no way of knowing. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. That's yeah. Can't have any fuzzy stuff. Yeah. That's right. So it's very interesting. The uh, 
this series of people who try to trip up Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. they've been doing that all, all the way along. And then, and then the Sadducees will try to ask him something tricky after this about resurrection. Yeah, are we reading that? I forget. I don't know. Oh, it's so funny. It's like why, ahead. why? You know, I always, I always, as as we're reading this, I always say, why does the second person in every kung fu movie run after the guy gets thrown through the window? Why does the second guy charge the kung right. fu master? Right. You know. Right. <laughs> well, I still want to know why the second person tried to run a marathon, right? Oh, well, the yeah, first so guy so runs a marathon That's and a good, collapses dead. What made another guy go, but I could do it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know who, what, yeah. what motivates the I, second I, person me and my friends could do that. to run the marathon. <laughs> so I have the same question. Yeah. yeah. What makes the, <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> what makes these people keep questioning Jesus? Is that what your question yeah, is? Yeah. After they after he does, after he does this, right. it's like, yeah, I think I'll try. You know, well, yeah, they're asking him a hard question, and uh, as I'm setting the stage, uh, I'm saying because it's a because there's a diversity in Judaism, and no one would answer this the same way. But it's a pressing question. Okay, and it could be that people like Essenes are pressing the question more than anyone because the question is is what's symbolized by this. Well, then that uh, might this explain coin. why the Herodians yes, were there. Right. <laughs> the thing would be that the Essenes wouldn't be here. Is what I would say. They they are. The common understanding or construction of Essenes is that they're they believe the temple and the priesthood and the leadership is corrupt. so corrupt yeah. that they're not even going to participate. Yeah, and that's God's why they're out in the desert, you know. Right? Yeah. Well, I don't want to be close when it all goes down in Jerusalem, you know. Oh, and why John the Baptist is baptizing out in the desert, right? You know, you're saying something over against Jerusalem, right? right? So. Um, but you do have a diversity of opinions and it's like, here's a question, like, no, you're not going to please everyone. And the big, the big issue is he's, they've got to separate him from this, his popularity with the crowd. They right. can't really get at him. Um, so they're asking a question and, in our, um, most of our translations aren't very good at these three words, tolls, taxes, and tribute. Okay. You know, tolls. I learned what tolls were when I moved to Illinois. Yes. Cause in California we have these things called freeways. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting concept. No, we don't have that here. Not not so much. Not so much. Um, it's gotten very high tech. We have been backward about paying for your roads here. So <laughs> tolls, they had tolls, and the tolls were like you know, like we have in Illinois <laughs> <Yeah>. for centuries. <laughs> they had eye passes there. Did yeah. They, could they just yeah, run the same past? technology oh, that they had in Jesus' wow, day. Geez, <laughs> just like Jesus did, sir. <laughs> yeah. Right. And taxes. We know there's all kinds of taxes, but th- this is tribute. This is something this is they would pay once a year, oh, right? Okay. So that's a more thorny question because tribute tied up in that is a little bit. That's there's, more there's of a, an honorific thing. There, yeah, isn't there? allegiance and, and maybe worship. What are we talking about here, Jesus? Yeah. You know, this is a hard question to ask in a big crowd, and this is at Passover, and so the. So pop- wait, real quick, real quick. What would be the difference then? What would be taxes? Taxes I mean, if would tribute be tribute is well. This would once be this is more symbolic. Like everyone okay. pays the same. It was a flat tax. No, this is symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus said we should pay the flat tax. <laughs> this is something every everyone paid once a year. Okay, there. And the question I send them home with uh, my students, I say, uh, "What does Sadducee pay? What would they say? How would they answer this question? What a Pharisee, what a Essene, if they heard the question, you know." Uh, what a Pharisee say, right? He wouldn't have any problems paying. Pharisees, they said you would say, yeah, give it to us. We'll give it. We, we'll collect it. We're collecting it for yeah, for in. Caesar. We got it. No problem. Absolutely. And uh, Essenes and Zealots, other side of the other side of the coin, as, as it, it were. were. Yeah. And uh, Pharisees would probably okay. have a and then long taxes argument. Would be where? Taxes would be all kinds of places. So, like we get taxed all kinds of, you know, there's income tax. There's well, yeah. tax on your crop. There's all, there's all kinds of 
taxes Rome had. I don't, I've never really okay. studied all the variety, but it's okay. more diffuse. And, uh, and so this toll is when is, you're crossing boundaries and using roads. And this is, this is a this once is in a year, once symbolic, a year symbolic honorific kind of tribute to Caesar. Depending on how much you want to ratchet that up or not. That you know? is a completely different understanding. Oh yeah. This is, That's a, important. this is a, this is an impossible question to answer. This is, this is, important. there's no way you can answer this. And everyone's there from all these different stripes of Judaism and the, it's at Passover, and the, the population of the city swells like four or five times. So, and so everybody's you, there. And Rome shows up big time because sure. that's when the riots happen. And there's a garrison, right? Well, there's right, a garrison right beside the temple. Right next you to the temple. You always got to keep an eye on the religious yeah. folks. Yeah. Solomon so, built the temple that way. There was a palace uh-huh. looking at the temple then, yeah. and the Rome's used yeah. it now, the entire right. country. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if he answers this wrong, he could have died this afternoon, you okay. know, rather than... Later. Let's rather than later, later in the week. Yes. Got myself a little bit of time there. <laughs> okay. So it's a tough question. Um, and it's it's pretty masterful. But but behind the question is it might be a false worship question, but it's also it is a it is a uh, can we even a symbol it, it's symbol of the whole fallen economy or whole fallen society. Mm-hmm. Can we even participate in this? How would an Anabaptist answer this question? Well, they would be might be hanging it. Depends on what kind of Anabaptist <laughs> you're talking about. Some would be out there with the horse and buggy out in the wilderness. True. And uh, others would be right here, you know, and uh, um, maybe they'd have an, be having an argument about this or a, <laughs> write a think piece or something. <laughs> I was just curious. Check out my blog. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, strongly yeah. worded yeah, Twitter about... storm, that, tweet storm mm-hmm, that you want mm-hmm, to follow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it does raise that larger question, can we even participate in this kind of fallen society? Because there are people, as I understand it, there are people who have opted out. Essenes. Like, no, you can't. That'd be their answer. Okay. These people are purporting to have that perspective, to be concerned about. We're really concerned about this. Can Mm -hmm. you even, you know, behind the coin, can we even participate in this very fallen— Sounds like you're saying the Rodians and the Essenes have the same perspective. Interesting. Well, they're—but they're hypocrites, so (laughs) they don't. Oh, Okay. (laughs) But but it, but it, you could say they're feigning that kind of piety, okay. that kind of concern that other people put their feet Is to. And okay. Yeah. Okay. So asking that, and then Jesus says, "Well, show me the coin. Show me a coin." And they how, produce the coin. How far? How far did they have to go <laughs> for the coin? Yeah, I'm thinking they take a few steps, and it's like, "Oh, dang, we it, lost the argument. I've lost this. the minute they get the coin Darn. out. They lost my gotcha question. Just backfired on me. So they produce the coin by by a normal way of reading this would be that. These are the people. Jesus is not carrying the coin. Jesus had to go get it out of the fish's mouth, uh, right? You know, in the other one, in another gospel. So, you know, do you pay this or not? So he's kind of won the argument. The minute they have, <laughs> the minute they have the denarius, he's won the argument. They've produced the people who are con- feigning concern with participating in this larger economy, fallen society, or or um, or carrying around a coin with an, with image, an image, a graven image on it. There's a lot of levels of problem. This could be, you know, yeah. Um, they're they're producing the coin, so it's like, oh man, we've just kind of shown our. It, it's been revealed who we are, you know. So when he calls them hypocrites, <laughs> yeah. they can't argue it's a little, with a little him. Foreshadowing, yeah, there. they really yeah. can't oh, yeah. argue that point. No, no. So they produce it, and um, and there's this is a like an informal syllogism, and in, in that part part is left out. Whose head is this, and whose title? Okay, and there's an echo of scripture here too. The emperor's. Uh, whose image does it bear? Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. So we know the coin is the emperor. He, mm-hmm. he can put his little image on a 
chunk of metal and mm-hmm. you can give that back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but render to God the things that are God's. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that's not filled in there is image, the image word there. It is the word image, you know. So it's a little echo of, uh, of Genesis there, too. So what, where's the image? Well, um, it's oh, not, who's, whose head is this and whose title? Yeah, it's literally um, um, Icos. It's, it's literally oh, image. symbol, yeah. whose image yeah. is, is this. Where, which would be the, the language in the Septuagint for, you know, God, humans bearing God's image. Okay, and so that's give, therefore... To the emperor, render to Caesar the things that are the things Caesar. that are yeah. yeah. Give, give the icon, yeah. give the image of Caesar to the image. Is that what we're hearing? Mm-hmm. And give, then yeah, give the give give Caesar that little Im- image back. You know, okay. Um, give little Caesar to you know, Caesar. <laughs> it's a guy with two pizzas on his spear. You know, little Caesar to, little to Caesar. big Caesar to big Caesar. Yeah. Oh. We do get sidetracked with that sometimes. Oh. Um, and to God the things that are God. So, but it's like. Ah, you know, there. This is a this is a scripture saturated society. They catch mm-hmm. that absolutely. It's like, oh wow! Not only did he answer that question, he went deep with that, that is question. A, that's a deep question. Yeah, that and becomes so very deep. Every every kind of Judaism represented there has something to like really take away from that. It's like, oh wow, that kind of clarifies the issue. That kind of gets to the heart of the matter of a very scary question to answer, uh, could be a life and death question. It's like he answers the question and, and, and in a, in a scripturally sophisticated way mm-hmm. with profundity and relevance. And, uh, and it's a nice place to start your reading of the new Testament on day one. If you're going to teach the new Testament, it's like, you know, did, do we catch what he did? No, we typically, we don't catch what right. he did and, and right. we don't catch all the nuance, but, uh, this word for amazed, they're blown away. They're yeah. like, wow, yeah. <laughs> what did he just do? Yeah. That's amazing. They thought and, there was no way out of this question. Yeah, no way out. And uh, the way he get, he takes is deep into the question. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't, he didn't avoid the question No, he doesn't avoid all. I do hear people say he kind of you know, skated over the question. It's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because then I say, we're going we're gonna to look at this question. Some people say, well, yeah, well, Jesus said, pay your taxes. Like, no, that's not exactly what he said. (laughs) It's an open-ended answer. Um, It applies to something like Romans 13. If there's a, there's the uh, murmurings of a tax revolt, and Paul's going to say, yeah, we pay, we pay, you know, for the taxes. Caesar collects those and does things appropriate with them. And, He's, he has a purpose to play. In. The road, the aqueduct. Yeah, right. Yeah, what did he ever give what us? Does what did Caesar, Caesar ever give us? What did Rome us? ever do for us? Yeah. The aqueduct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see on this, see life of Brian. And, um, but it also applies to Revelation 13. Yeah. Because when Caesar says, render me that stuff that God, you're only rendered to God, mm-hmm. you know, worship, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it applies equally well to both of those contexts. And, um, and it clarifies the matter. And of course, you know, how, what does that mean to bear God's image? I mean, that's a, yeah. people have been chewing on that for a few yeah. thousand years, you know. Uh, yeah, but it, it does get to the heart of true worship. It, it's interesting because I've been uh, using my free Audible download, mm-hmm. um, which you could, of course, reach <laughs> at audibletrial.com. You can get something free. Reading in church. Um, Tell me more. This sounds like I, was, I told you earlier that the, uh, the uh, Exodus text sound, reminded me like an infomercial because they keep. <laughs> They keep coming back with coming back find the favor same in your sight. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Surprised by Scripture, and he mm-hmm. writes, mm-hmm. and and he's dealing with some really interesting. 
he's he's not a dumb person. No, he's, he's not. Pretty bright. Yeah, that guy. I think it says that on the back of the book. I think not dumb. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he is not you know. a dumb person. And he talked about he was talking about image of God, and for him, uh, it was vocation. I think it was say exile, but okay. It's not exile, no, or <laughs> exodus. It's actually vocation, uh-huh. and this notion of image of God. Uh, is to be, and how did he put it, to be a reflected mirror, mm-hmm. uh, to reflect God's glory yeah. to creation and reflect creation back to God. I think that notion of the calling of vocation to live in this world, to be an obedient creation, mm-hmm. an obedient stewardship of creation. Mm-hmm. And he brought back in, you know, Romans 8, how creation's been waiting on humanity to do this, and that that's oh, what Christ's okay. sacrifice actually does, is restore the vocation to do this, oh, the ability to... Okay to bear that image and hmm. wear that vocation is really, it was really an interesting yeah. conversation about image as vocation as mm-hmm. opposed because normally we don't think of it hmm. that way. Yeah. Um, well, that makes, that makes sense in the context does. of Genesis. It absolutely makes <laughs> sense in the context of Genesis. Yeah. This guy opens the Bible and all make, oh yeah, it's all clear. It well, all connects. Sure, it makes sense if you want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, this is, I didn't know you started your passages. You started your semester yeah, this I way. Do. That's I do. I do. Sometimes I just, you know, I just walk into the class and get my Bible out of my door of the Explorer backpack and say, <laughs> say let's explore the New Testament you know, and start with this. You do that in Old Testament too, though. You walk in and start with Psalm 8, don't yes, you? Yes, I mean, that's fascinating to me that in both places you jump in in the middle. <laughs> both, both times I've taught Old Testament. Both times you've taught Old Testament. No. It's worked both times. You, you, but you leap into the middle of the text yeah, to teach it. That's a good You've one. That's, thrown them in the deep yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. It's then, like, hey, we're going to study something. I don't want to do all the preliminary stuff because we're actually going to study something really cool. Yeah. <laughs> the New Testament. I do all the preliminary stuff. <laughs> I do that Dang. too. I forget. I forget sometimes. <laughs> and then I realize, ah, I should have started with the text. Why, yeah, did, you why did I forget? teach them to swim by throwing them in the water. Yeah, and, that, yeah, right. And then... Well, some, of, some of them do. It's the old joke, you know. It's my dad taught me to swim. Well. He drove me in the middle of the lake and dropped me in. Like, That's terrible. <laughs> nah, once you get out of the bag, it wasn't any problem at all. <laughs> so. It was the handcuffs that was the hard part. <laughs> so. Yeah, actually, I model swimming for them, so. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, their heads are swimming. The they have those little paddle boards, so that's good. <laughs> floaties. <laughs> that's good. They're yeah, floaties. it's a hundred level. There's floaties involved. <laughs> There's definitely floaties. Yeah. This is, and I wonder how true this is. Um, one of my favorite movies uh my grandfather introduced me to years ago um was sergeant york i don't know if you've watched the old sergeant york i've um, heard of that Jay cooper it's really interesting um wild crazy uh, hell raising kind of mm-hmm. guy in in tennessee who um finds jesus and finds it oh real live bona fide jesus prior to world war one and it means something to him deeply. Well, and I haven't seen this. I think did, I'm thinking of Beetle Bailey. I, I think it's a Sergeant of, it's Snorkel. A little different. That's a little different. <laughs> Doesn't have a dog. It looks just <laughs> no, like. No, I don't think. So. Wears a military uniform. <laughs> no, you're no. no. That's Sergeant Snorkel. <laughs> he okay. does have a dog, but no, it doesn't <laughs> okay. look like him. Different. And then he's different drafted in World War One. Uh-huh. And and so then he files for conscientious objector status. And, Sergeant York, we're talking about. Yes, okay. yes, we are. And he doesn't get it oh. uh, because he doesn't belong to a tradition that historically uh, is nonviolent. Uh. And he goes, and of course he's from the he's from the hills. It's just my people, right? I'm, yeah. I come from a long line of hillbillies. Uh-huh. And and he's hard worker. He's an exceptional shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the people there are giving him a hard time because they think he's going to not like the gun. But of course, he teaches marksmanship and all uh. this. And but when it came time, he the the colonel calls him in and was wanting to make him a platoon leader because he was so great, but okay. didn't know because he had this conscious objector label, which is like a scarlet letter, you know, as you're yeah. thinking of fighting Germans. Right. And the uh, the the major colonel gives him this uh, copy of the Constitution and uh, tells him to take it and read it, or the history book, and tells him to take it and read it, and he goes home for a few days. 
and he goes up in the mountains to think and pray, and okay. he's sitting there with huh. both of the books. He's oh, got the this, you know, history of the United States. He's okay. got the Bible, and he's going back and forth. And the way the movie portrays this, and I've often wondered how how this actually affected him. Mm. The wind blows, and it opens to this passage, huh. and oh. uh, this render unto Caesar what Caesar and mm. God's what's God's. And as a result, he goes back and um, and actually becomes the most decorated hero in World War One of Americas. And but but when asked about at the end, he's like, how could you do this? And, and he said, well, I saw what the machine guns were doing and I knew someone had to stop those. Hmm. And so he actually he said, so you actually took lives to save them. And he goes, yeah, I really kind of did. And he was very embarrassed about it. And he never made any money off of his off hmm. of his stuff. He had chances at, huh. you know. But that this was the passage that in the in at least in the movie is portrayed. It's Gary Cooper, I believe, who played uh, okay. Sergeant York. Yeah, and uh, and this is the passage that was portrayed for him. What did the guy as, in this story do? End up doing? What did uh, this he went away scared? Jesus fellow. How does Jesus did guy he do, do that? Did he? Did no, he didn't actually. <laughs> he went a different way. He yeah. felt rendering to God was oh, look. I'm telling an Anabaptist about a guy who became. <laughs> I understand. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing Niebuhr with an Anabaptist. This is not going to go well. I understand that. But it was a, the old Sergeant York argument. It's a exceptional movie. Can I take a moment to say that? <laughs> As is Beetle Bailey. Let me just say, I don't think they made that in the movie, but give them time. I'm sure it'll be a Netflix, uh, Netflix yeah, movie. There's more and more channels. So anyway, this is a this is an interesting. I mean, this passage is interesting. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to go ask Jesus a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Who wants to follow him? Yeah. So that's what you're saying. Yeah. He, they Why see this, this answer. Then the Sadducees the went after this ridiculous question. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, okay. It doesn't go well for them. It's a either. softball question next Jesus time. Jesus uses jujitsu in a Christ-loving, you know, fashion to throw them through ver- the window ver- also. Verbal, verbal jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Scriptural yeah. jujitsu. Scripture, scriptural jujitsu. Oh yeah, it's really good after that. I hope we cover that. I didn't, I didn't see whether we... We read that. It's like, well, you haven't convinced me the Herodians aren't the Essenes, but you okay. have convinced yeah, me that it all turns on that. This is a really <laughs> deep passage. So, it, yeah, in some sense, it makes sense if there's someone who's really concerned, like you can't participate. This is so fallen, you can't participate in this society anymore. You know, whether these Herodians are really that or they're really hypocrites by representing themselves that way. That's kind of behind the question. To different degrees of all these different uh, Jewish sectarian groups, you know. Yeah. So, how's he going to answer that? Well done. Very well done, Jesus. Well uh, Jesus done. Guy. You know what? Not dumb. Not dumb. Jesus, no. not dumb. Uh-huh. I think we are going to go ahead said. and say that. And then they, and then they left. And then they <laughs> left amazed. <laughs> well, that's what we should do now, I think. Yes. So it's been a good yeah. week. Hope that you have gleaned something. Uh, hope you have a good week. Make sure and uh, like us on uh, Facebook and follow us on Twitter and um, do all the other social media things. Send us a question at the mailbag, mm-hmm. church yep. at gmail.com. Uh, We're happy to to talk about those. Yeah. Have a great week. Have a great week.